when you've got hair like that, you, you're kind of asking for no, it. Really. Get, get of, no, I'm sorry. If you go out on the pitch with an afro like that, you, you better either be Ronaldinho or... I mean, is there a precedent? <laughs> there is. No one's ever had um, hair that ridiculous. Not since Carlos Valderrama. He probably deserves a little coming back to him. I very much remember the 99 League Cup final where Justin Edinburgh gave Robbie Savage, another person with ridiculous hair, just a little flick, a swipe on the back, and Savage yeah, fell to the ground point. holding his face. So, Elio, I don't know if such a job exists as defence lawyer for footballers in appeals for red cards but that is the perfect job for you even the most stonewall decisions <laughs> Elia's defence was Cucurella's hair was gagging for it <laughs> I said Cucurella's hair was gagging for it Elio said his hair dived his hair dived we're talking about a man who punched his teammate for scoring last week maybe that was him showing affection Hello, listeners, and welcome back to another episode of the Plus Dave podcast. We are the Tottenham Hotspur theme show brought to you by a team of Spurs fans and a Leeds fan called Dave. The Premier League was back last week, but now it is properly back. And now we have some serious drama to talk about. We've had Spurs going to Stranford Bridge and we had a crazy game, absolutely bonkers game. We can't wait to talk about that. It was a draw, but it kind of almost felt like a win in the end. Rodrigo's on course to get the golden boot. Chelsea hates us. Arsenal hates us. Man United are getting relegated. So much to talk about, and it's going to be a very good episode. And Dave is one person who is very, very excited about all that's going on at the moment. And Leeds are also in the Europa spots with Spurs sitting pretty in the top four. Welcome back, Dave. How are you? Hi, Dags. Uh, Yes, I'm in a good place. Um, Yeah, we threw two points away against Southampton. They were pretty terrible. But the rest of the the weekend's action couldn't have got any better from my perspective, to be honest. Yeah, we had a little bit of action on the sidelines, didn't we? And a lot of action in the Man United goal, which is always fun to see. Oh, just a comedy of errors, (laughs) but, you know, the one that you'd pay to watch. Exactly. Elio, we watched the Spurs match together. What an absolutely bonkers game, right? Absolutely crazy. I was saying to you after the game, I can't remember the last time I celebrated a draw like that. It really did feel like a win the way it all played out, didn't it? It did. And I think there's been a lot of celebration police all over the (laughs) place in the last couple of days because we we had the audacity to be happy about a 95th minute equaliser against a team that we've got a bit of rivalry with. And you just have to kind of smirk because when people are getting wound up about that kind of thing, it means you're in their heads. And uh, it's, it's always good to be in people's heads. And it's funny hearing Arsenal fans make this point after the way they celebrated their equaliser against Crystal Palace at home last season as well, isn't it? Forget the fact that they celebrated an equaliser against Crystal Palace. They celebrated a defeat against Manchester City because they had a good heart. <laughs> I mean, yeah, Not to mention Chelsea. Chelsea celebrated stopping us winning the league as well. So, you know, if we're going to talk petty, we can open a whole can exactly. of words there, can't John we? Terry was happier about stopping us winning the league, even though it was lost anyway, than he was about his own Champions League medal. I mean, once again, what a cock Womble. What a cockwomble. Dave, did you enjoy the scrap on the sidelines at the end of that game? Proper football. That's what we want to see, isn't it? I mean, yeah. It is fun, isn't it? It's popcorn stuff. And it's definitely yeah. worth the extra coverage that it gets. Um, but, you know, you don't yeah. get that unless you've got the needle on the pitch. And that's where it all started. And that was definitely a match worth watching, even if the handbags yeah. weren't there at the end. And I think what led to all the handbags was basically a lot of controversy, a lot of decisions. Both ways, it must be said. A few controversial moments, but... That just makes it all the sweeter when we take points off them, doesn't it? So we'll get on to talk about that. And there's four goals. We're going to go through all the match in details. But Elio, just generally, how has that result left you feeling? Because it could have been very different, let's be honest. Um, Exhausted. 
<laughs> you haven't recovered yet. Uh, a little bit numb. Um, no, really, really optimistic because you know what? We didn't play well, but we just needed to get this whole Chelsea hoodoo out of our heads, get mm. the monkey off our back, so to speak. And if we weren't going to be able to match them for performance, at least we matched them for fight and for gumption and for resourcefulness. And yeah. that's why we came away from something. And I, I know that in terms of performance chances created, I don't know what the XG was. I actually think it was closer than you might think because we it had a couple of good close, yeah. chances. But I know that sort of on the eye test, Chelsea were the better team. I think Harry Kane after the match admitted as much as well. But... You go away to the team that finished a place above you in the league last year, a team that you've not scored against in several fixtures, never mind taken any points off in several fixtures. And your heads could drop when you go behind twice and instead you, the players, the manager, you find a way to dig deep inside and get something and in just such wonderful fashion as well. I mean, there's nothing, as we know, there's nothing yeah. quite like a last minute goal, is there? So it's a uh, really, really happy. Harry Kane said there's nothing quite like a last minute winner. So he was obviously thinking on the same lines as us and forgot that we actually got a draw. <laughs> <laughs> He's getting piss taken out of him for that, obviously. Yeah, but quickly, yeah, it, someone it says a lot. Harry Kane for being happy. Yeah, how dare Pierce he? Morgan, stick the boot in. Exactly. But there, there is something to be said about that, isn't there? Because you can't be the best team in every match. And even champions are going to have games where they have to fight through. And I mean, that could be the difference. That can be what wins trophies, right, Dave? Because you need to be scrappy and come through and find a way to win. And sometimes that is just shithousery, isn't it? Let's be honest. It is. And I also think the season is a long one and isn't vital. I mean, correct me if you're wrong, if you think you've you've got some stats that prove me wrong, and there might well be, but it's not about winning against the big rivals. You have to win the majority of your game, sure, but it's about not losing. Yeah. And I think and I think that's key. Yeah. Away games against rivals in ultimately, unless something wild happens, I think you're talking about a battle of three teams for third place. Yeah. You have to put Arsenal in there the way they've started. I'm not convinced that they will last it, but They've started well. Mm. Um, so you're talking about Arsenal, Chelsea and Spurs. And if you can go away to Arsenal and away to Chelsea and not concede points, then I think you'll be in a very good position by the end of the season. Yeah, and you have to say Chelsea are probably arguably our biggest rivals in terms of position, right? I think most people have it as a shootout between us and them for third spot. Yeah, well, I think, like I said, I think the question mark is whether Arsenal, mm. this is a, you know, this could easily just be Arsenal being the flat track bully that I claim that they are and they're, they're beating teams that they should beat. Yeah. And then suddenly they come against big teams and they lose. Look, I've got previous because that's exactly what Leeds did way back in the day in like uh, 99, 2000 yeah. or 2000, 2001. We were really good the whole season, but we picked up like two or three points against the rest of the top six. And that was what that was yep. our downfall. Didn't qualify for the Champions League, that's rest of history. Uh, and that's the difference. Yeah. But if you don't concede points to your rivals, it's as good as a win. It's as good as a win because you're not losing ground. Yeah, you're taking points off them as well. There's a big thing in there because now you look at sort of Conte's most recent match as Spurs manager against all the other sort of, I hate the term big six, but for argument's sake, <laughs> let's just say big six, beaten yeah. Arsenal, beaten Manchester City, drawn mm -hmm. with Liverpool, drawn with Chelsea, only lost to Manchester United. And let's face it, that's we, a trend that doesn't look like going to continue too much it's longer. It's a big five. Let's say big five. Well, it's a very, very pleasing trend because you trust this Spurs side right now to win the games that you expect them to win. Obviously, there's going to be blips at some point because we're not a perfect squad. We're yeah. not a perfect team. But you expect us to more often than not do the business in the games that, well, point in case, 
we just battered Southampton. Look what happened at yeah. home to Southampton with the exact same set of players pretty much mm. just four months ago. So so if you, by and large, get the points you're meant to get and you have a better sort of head-to-head versus your rivals, then you're getting top four and maybe top three. And if you're really good, top two or one. I know you're a big fan of looking at previous fixtures and comparing them. So if you look at those two games, we're now, what, six points up on the equivalent fixtures already, right? Four. Sorry, four, four points. See, I've just done it again. I've just put it down <laughs> as a win. Four points. Four points. I'm, it's either I'm good at maths or I'm too optimistic. You and Harry Kane have the same maths teacher. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. But yeah, it's a massive step up. Um, important question, Dave, because I know we asked you a similar one last week. Who wins a fight out of Conte and Tuchel? Well, I, uh, I mean... I mean, Tuchel certainly got the reach, and he's certainly yeah, got the he's height. A fair bit taller, um, but I can't help but think he's the kind of person that you know starts on another manager, knowing full well that everybody will get involved, and will not actually have to get involved in anything real. <laughs> um, so I, yeah. I would, I would still put my money on uh, on Conte not messing yeah. around. I mean, obviously, you guys have had the one man that everybody wants in their dugout previously, which is Joe Jordan. I mean, he's he's the ultimate. You know, <laughs> you, you want you want to have anybody in a dugout, or you want to, you dunk. want to win a fight. I, I think Jordan takes to Ferguson to be honest oh that might have to be our next vote it won't surprise you to learn that our followers have unanimously voted in favour of Conte on that particular duel but yeah wouldn't funny that um Let's talk about the game. So it was an unchanged lineup, Elio, which is kind of what we expected, right? I mean, obviously, Sessegnon had such a good game, would have been harsh to leave him out. But we didn't exactly pick up where we left off, did we? I think we had maybe a decent opening five minutes. But for the most part, when we went 1-0 down, the goal itself aside, we probably deserved to be behind, didn't we? Yeah, I mean, we had a strong opening to the game, but we couldn't string two passes together, quite frankly. Our midfield was overrun by theirs. And okay, Jorginho Conte. I mean, it's a European Championship winner and a World Cup winner in midfield together. I mean, both league champions and both exceptional players. So I think Mm. Benton and Hoybier aren't quite there yet. And that's forgivable. I, I don't necessarily think it's also just about Chelsea having a better lineup because I'd still take our front three over their front three for instance I think you'd probably have a five and a six debatably either way if you did a combined 11 but they're at home their fans like our fans did against Arsenal last season their fans were all up for it players in turn respond to that I think on the day Chelsea were just the better side and it was evident from very early on yeah, I think it's probably fair to say that that was a theme on and off throughout the match. And I mean, Dave, we were talking about this before we started recording, but you think it's fair to say we kind of robbed Chelsea a little bit, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. I think if you look at the whole game, I mean, certainly the first half, I thought Chelsea were one up and they should have been maybe three or four. It was a particularly dominant first half. But, you know, mm. the game's not played in 45 minutes and it's all about how much you stay in the game. And I think that was the key, wasn't it? You stayed in the game took your chances when they came and um, I think one of the guys on the coverage on Sky said you know 12 months ago Spurs lose that game and that's the difference oh absolutely let's talk about that first goal then because there's two ways of looking at it you can look at it as well what a wonderful strike and an absolute freak goal from a centre-back hitting a first-time volley but there's the probably more realistic way of looking at it of why was their centre-back given six yards of space is there any defence for our defence on that Um goal there's actually a little bit of defence. I was fuming at the time, leaving okay. a six foot two centre back unmarked in the area to yeah. have the time to pull off a volley like that. Yeah. And I think sometimes players need to use a bit of common sense when defending set pieces if things aren't quite as they expect. However, this was um, an outswing corner. 
in the previous fixture Chelsea played, they were mm. almost completely All in instant. swingers. And Giovanni Vio had apparently essentially prepared our defence for the in-swinging oh, okay. corner, which is why we were quite deep, which is why Chelsea players were lined up far further out than we were defending. So there was suddenly this big gap between our defensive players and it was zonal, yeah. not man-to-man. I personally prefer man-to-man because there's always someone accountable, but a lot of managers prefer zonal, so so be it. But we were defending something close to our goal. They were attacking from the edge of our area. And you like yeah. to think the captain on the pitch or the goalkeeper in that situation would take control and say, come on, guys, we may have practice for the other thing, but this is happening. But mm. it's the nature of the beast. And let's say credit to Chelsea for setting up in a way that we didn't expect. But at the same time, it, it yeah, would have been nice for so. Koulibaly to not be by himself. Yeah, no, fair enough. I think we probably didn't account for Kukurea having come in because I think he took one in the previous game that was an outswinger as well, which was the only one pretty much that they've taken in a long time. Kukurea, who of course will probably feature again in this podcast at some point, at least once, I'm sure. So we made some changes pretty early on. I think you pretty much called the change that Conte ended up making, Elio, in that we whipped off Sessegnon, who wasn't quite having the game he did last week and brought on Richarlison which obviously meant that we had to change our formation up a little bit and change our system do you think it's fair to say that that formation change was probably responsible for both our equaliser and Chelsea's second goal to a degree yeah absolutely I mean we went to for all intents and purposes a 4-2-4 and played a little bit of lottery football in effect which what I mean by that is we left ourselves very open for the purpose of being able to overload the opposition and get the ball forward very very quickly and pressurize them back and it worked but then Tuchel being the very good manager that he is and a manager one of the few managers that seems to have Conte's number ever so slightly as well he Mm. also has Pep's number so no huge shame in that he then changed things up himself and overloaded our now lack of pace down that left hand side and Mm. slight confusion in our defense and that's where their equalizer came from so yeah completely true comment the formation worked in our favour and then against us very, very quickly. I want to talk about both of those goals because I think there's a lot to discuss on both of those goals, actually. I think particularly our equaliser mm. uh, was wrought with scandal from start to finish. I think uh, I'm really curious to get both of your thoughts on this because by my watching, I think there are potentially or arguably four separate incidents that VAR could have and you know a more strict VAR in the past might have actually ruled it out for all kinds of things. And we'll, we'll go in order. So first of all, there's the tackle from Benson Kerr, mm. um, which we'll get to. Then there was, I think, a potential handball and sort of around Son's shoulder. There was a potential foul on, I think, Mason Mount in the build-up. And Richarlison was arguably, well, he was past the last defender, but he was arguably offside in terms of he might have been blocking the sight of the keeper. So I think on that level alone, we have to say there's a degree of luck in the fact that the goal stood. But do you think any of those have a leg to stand on Benton Coe's tackle was a perfect tackle there was absolutely nothing wrong with it it wasn't wild it was controlled it was at pace but it was controlled feet were on Mm. the ground he got the ball before the man was taken so and really didn't risk any injury to the man in the slices it was from the side it wasn't from straight on so absolutely no worries with that and if it was against us I'd say the exact same thing having seen replays of a ball clearly being pushed away by a foot, which there are multiple angles showing it. Yeah. Dave, agree? I mean, perfect tackle is a strong phrase. I think Paolo (laughs) Maldini will have had words if you think that's the perfect tackle. But what I will say is I think he was praying as he slid in. I saw it. I was watching the game. And as soon as he did it, I thought, 
that was a fair tackle. He got the ball. Simple as that. And yeah, I thought in on, real yeah. time it was good as well, to tell you the truth, not just in the replays. And um, your eyes are better than mine, Elliot. It's the clearly. <laughs> I think it's the fact that he'd made a mistake and I think he'd let the ball go past him where he'd just he been has. beaten and it was a reactionary run back kind of, you know, frustrated type of slide tackle that you instantly think, oh God, what's he doing? But he pulled On it off. On another day, that off. would be, um, ref would pull it up and the ref would yellow card Ben Tanko and it would be yeah. wrong. We're lucky. And it would be wrong. We're lucky the ref didn't see it as a foul, which he could have done from the wrong angle easily. Yeah. So, well, well done, referee. Um, well done, referee. Sorry, Thomas. Um, what was the next yeah. instance you said? A handball? So there, there, was, there was a bit of a, a scuffle between, I think, Mountain Son in and around the box. And I think there was a potential handball, which I don't think is even worth talking about because it was clearly his shoulder. You know what? I, there, was, I, there was an argument for a foul on Mount, I think. Um, I don't know if you remember much of that, which probably says. I don't overly. Maybe there was something. I think Mount spent a lot of the game on his backside without it being warranted. So that was probably another of those occasions. I think where Chelsea could feel aggrieved if we're looking purely sort of at football morality is Richarlison, obviously in an offside position. Could he have been distracting the goalkeeper? He wasn't restricting the goalkeeper's view, but could he have been distracting the goalkeeper? That's the one area where I'd say from, I guess, a football ethics perspective, you you could sympathise with Chelsea. However, the rules say that Richarlison not moving towards the ball, not trying to do anything with it, and the goalkeeper seeing the ball, he doesn't count as offsides. I personally don't agree with it. I've got the old-fashioned attitude of if if you're not interfering with play, what are you doing on the pitch? So if that was against (laughs) us, I would very much be fuming. However, by the rules, it was a good goal from that respect. It was a good strike. And well, once again, sorry, Thomas. There's two conversations there, isn't there? I mean, you can talk about the rules and what they should be and then how they should be applied. But I have to admit, had I been shown that replay and someone had said, put your money down one way or the other, where is this being called? I was expecting it to be ruled out because I've seen I've seen them ruled out for less, basically. And I think he he kind of jumps towards the flight of the ball as well, if you watch. He's got his back to the ball, basically, but he kind of skips back even more in the path of the goalkeeper's sight. So I think we got away with one a little bit, but I still think we probably oh. scored a fair goal when you actually look at everything in isolation. I so. think so. And you know what? We once lost an FA Cup semi-final to Chelsea because of a Frank Lampard goal that didn't Oh, here we go. Line. Well, this is when it, we start going back down through the... So, uh, and, you know, <laughs> they're just down the years. There's just so much um we've been the plucky unlucky losers so much against chelsea so go fuck yourself you bloody west (laughs) and there's the first word elio you'll love this tweet i saw earlier from sandy tate fm on twitter uh chelsea fans complaining about fairness in football next up jack the ripper on why more needs to be done to protect 19th century sex workers (laughs) (laughs) my point precisely Exactly, yeah, yeah. Pretty much what you were trying to say. Moving swiftly on then. What I was going to say, actually, is we've mentioned many times how we're not paid millions a year to manage Spurs. So uh, obviously we do have to trust our leaders' decisions. Had I been in charge of Spurs, we might have scored. But had we scored, it wouldn't have been Pierre-Emil Hoiberg who would have got the goal because I was ready to haul him off personally. I thought he had a pretty bad game up until the point where he scored. Am I being a bit harsh? And I don't want to just, you know, start bashing him because he has been excellent in pretty much every game up until now and he wasn't the only one but what do you think Elio do you think Hoiberg deserved to stay on the pitch no but when a lot of players are playing badly someone has to stay on the pitch and I I would have seen him hooked but at the same time Sessegnon who was hooked wasn't playing well Kane wasn't playing well Son was playing really really badly 
Kulazewski yeah. was trying, but nothing was really coming off. Like apart from the back three, the goalie and Emerson, it was a it was an all round poor outfield performance. There's a reason mm. why we, for large parts of the game, couldn't string a couple of passes together. That that doesn't happen with just one player playing badly. So yeah, yeah. I, I'd have taken Hoybier off, yeah. but at the same time. I understand why he was kept on and others were sacrificed because the manager does trust him and yeah. proofs in the pudding. And he made up for it. He made up for it. Yeah, we need seven subs again now, really, don't we? To be honest, <laughs> I think you've got a game like that. Um, so the second Chelsea goal, Reese James. I've got no idea what happened there. It looked way too easy. It reminded me of Man United defending against Brentford, if I'm honest. At first, I thought Davies maybe, but he was trying to look after two players at once. I think Benson Kerr maybe pushed up a little bit and was caught out. Son was nowhere to be seen and maybe that was more his responsibility. We talked about how it was probably the change in system that threw the players off, but can you really pinpoint one player and blame him for that goal? When a goal is that poorly defended, you kind of just have to say, yeah, the whole team just weren't in sync with each other. Some were pressing, some were not. Some were dropping and some weren't. Some were getting sucked in, some were staying wide. And we just mm. left huge gaps. We left gaps on one side of the pitch, which allowed them to get the ball to Sterling in the first place. We left a gap on the other side of the pitch, which left uh, Reese James completely kind of by himself. And I think by that point, Tuchel had put Reese James to right wing back. He obviously started the game at right centre back. And yeah, uh, that, that just that was scary. That was deliberately to exploit the fact that we had both reduced our numbers and our shape on that side of the pitch. So mm. well played to Thomas Tuchel there. And this is probably why Conte prefers to keep with three at the back as much as he can. Yeah, next time we're moaning about the system and I'm not changing it, maybe we'll think twice. Yeah, James had just put in a really good cross. It was unlucky not to have set up another one just before that as well. So yeah, the warning signs were definitely there. Let's talk about the equaliser then, shall we? Let's talk about the 96th minute. I want. I really want to say winner, but it was an equaliser. Harry Kane has done nothing all game, steps up with a header. I thought Richarlison had, had scored it from the way he ran off <laughs> celebrating, which I absolutely loved. I loved that he celebrated like he'd scored just because he was there. I love that energy. Um, before we talk about the goal, there's not really much to say apart from very well-placed Harry Kane header. A little bit of scandal before that one, and that's probably an understatement, isn't it? Dave, you've seen the incident that occurred in the build-up to the previous corner. Mr. Christian Romero is a man we've talked about quite a lot, and I'll be honest, until yesterday, I was pretty convinced that he had his head screwed on just enough and he knew where the line was. He was a little bit of a lunatic, a little bit of a house, but he knew what he could get away with. And, you know, he was a bit of a kind of Diego Costa type where he was, you know, deliberately winding people up, but he was actually a lot more under control than it looked. Now, I'm not so sure. What do you think? Yeah, I think I'm, I'm going to invoke the spirit of Lockstock here. He's better than good. He's a fucking liability. <laughs> crazy, I mean, it was hilarious. crazy behaviour. What is he playing at? I've watched it over and over again, and I absolutely love watching it because... Of course you do. I mean, look, it, you've got it's your Chelsea, hair. it's Cucurella. When you've got hair like that, you, you're no, kind of asking get, for it. Really. Get <laughs> you can't, no, I'm sorry. If you go out on the pitch with an afro like that, you, you better either be Ronaldinho you know or, what? you know... It's, are you, are you mean, worried about him, Elio? No, first of all, young. I mean, he will get a straight red for violent conduct at some point. Of that, I have no yeah. doubt, and we will be and very for the record, pissed off. Are we all in agreement that should have been a straight red? <sighs> yes, I mean, you can't it's really hard argue, to argue with that. I mean, I'm, I, I, I mean, there's no. Is there a precedent? There is. Um, <laughs> no one's ever had hair that ridiculous. Not since Carlos Valderrama. What I would say is Cucurella, who 
could have been off the pitch himself for what the more and more you see it was yep. uh, very nasty studs into Romero's knee in mm. I think the ninth minute of the match. Yeah, and, and probably Pugarella, not unrelated. Who has got previous with us from last season, winding up Kulusevski. He probably deserves a little bit of. <laughs> coming back to him doesn't mean Romero should have been on the pitch he absolutely shouldn't have if that had been once again the other way around I'd have been screaming for a red the other thing I'll say is did Romero yank Cucurella to the ground by his hair or did Romero tug on Cucurella's hair and then Cucurella fell to the ground because there's a difference and I say this because I very much remember the 99 League Cup final where Justin (laughs) Edinburgh gave Robbie Savage another person with ridiculous hair gave Robbie Savage his hair just a little (laughs) flick a swipe on the back and Savage fell to the ground I thought you were going to say I very much remember the Royal Holloway Invitational Five side (laughs) (laughs) let me guess Joe Joe Rocket got dragged down <laughs> Elio, I don't know if such a job exists, if there is a defence lawyer for footballers in appeals for red cards, but that is the perfect job for you. You are it, so good at casting doubts on even the most stonewall decisions sometimes. And, may I add, finding precedent to back up your cases. So, so hang on, just to clarify, Elio's defence was Cucurella's hair was gagging for it. <laughs> Cucurella's right, hair okay, gagged. Cool. Now that was my. I, I no. said Cucurella's hair was was gagging for it. Elio said his hair dived. Just, his hair dived. <laughs> <laughs> is and he all just. By... I think his hair controls him. I think he just followed his hair. Caveat is all by Romero should have seen red. There is absolutely no evidence that it wasn't just a gentle, affectionate tug, and Cucurella fell to the ground in a heap <laughs> to try and get some sense off. Nobody can prove that that is incorrect. <laughs> To be fair, we're talking about a man who punched his teammate for scoring last week. Maybe that was him showing affection. I mean, exactly. Yeah. He, he, on the fly, so at least I didn't beat your kidneys up. <laughs> and slap you repeatedly <laughs> on the back of the head. Keep your friends close and your enemies closer. He was lucky to be on the pitch, but once again, mm. I'm just not going to sympathise with anything going against those wankers because no. they are wankers. And let's be honest, Elio, as petty as it is, doesn't the fact that there was huge controversy in both of our goals, the fact that we were probably outplayed for most of the game, all just add up to a much more satisfying result? Doesn't it make that 96th minute winner, winner, equaliser, I'm going to call it winner, <laughs> that 96th minute winner, all the better. A moral winner. The moral Absol- winner, yeah. I mean, every goal against Chelsea is a moral winner. Well, that's fair. Absolutely. Not a shadow of a doubt. At the end of the day, this isn't some sort of meaningless end of season game this isn't uh thumping of some kind of smaller team that are likely to be fighting relegation this is us against our biggest positional rivals and even if they're not our traditional or biggest rivals per se they are a team that we have generated a lot of animosity with down the years so actually getting an undeserved draw not win but getting uh, an undeserved reward out of that game at the expense of their fortune is mm-hmm. probably more satisfying than if we actually <laughs> deserved it um, we we celebrated pretty emphatically didn't we we watched the game together i think i mentioned that earlier but yeah all five of us who were watching the game jumped up and there was some there was some serious language wasn't there Directed um, at Chelsea. I, I, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, one thing I didn't mention, actually, let's go back to Romero. There's, there's so much to say about that man. I love that man so much. Um, he repeated his Harry Maguire trick after after the equalizer by screaming in Reese James's face. <laughs> did you see that? I did play? see that. Um, I don't <laughs> well, think Reese James made himself very popular that game. Another no. play, by the way, once again, we're talking about feeling sorry for Chelsea about things going against them. Cucurella mm. could have got sent off in the ninth minute. Yep. Reese James already done a yellow for tugging down Son while he was through on a counter-attack. Tugged yeah. him down again did while again. he was through. Tactical foul while he was through on a counter-attack. Mm. Where's the second yellow for that? This is before he scored his Chelsea second goal. So, yeah. yeah. Go f*** yourself, Chelsea. And there it is again. No, absolutely. I was going to bring that up, actually, and uh, it's a very good point. I mean, you could even argue that he should have got a yellow for the way he celebrated his goal, but then you'd have to say the same about basically our entire team for our second goal. So let's leave that <laughs> one alone, shall we? Do you think that screaming in a defender's face after you've just scored, do you think there should be a yellow card for that? Is that unsporting behaviour? I mean, I love it and I think it's fun. But What do you want them to do? Hug? Stroke no, each no, other's just hair. go and celebrate. Just run off with make, your teammates. Make daisy chains together. No, I mean, you're, you're Harry Maguire. You just scored an own goal, and you've got this guy standing over you, screaming in your face, celebrating. I don't know. So I think I think might give you a yellow for that. <laughs> it, it's all part of the pantomime you know what these guys are earning crazy amounts of money so the fact that they can actually behave as if they were supporters of the club because they understand how important it is and actually lose themselves in the moments i absolutely love that like i, I don't go there to like the, the hand the disingenuous handshakes before kickoff like what a yeah. load of crap. Why do they do that? I mean, they, they, I might, well, the handshake full they time. might as well go sort of Greek style and give each other a kiss on each cheek and uh, <laughs> and maybe maybe bow after. It's like, come on, it, it's war out there. Exactly. It's us against you. We're, it's the battle of the bridge, the sequel. Our fans hate your fans for that 90 minutes. Maybe mm. not in real civilization, but for that 90 minutes, we don't like you. We want to make you suffer. Definitely. Now, we're definitely a tougher bunch, aren't we? I mean, Mourinho famously said that we need to become a bunch of intelligent, see you next Tuesdays. Um, Dave, do you think we saw a bit of evidence of that? Are Spurs getting a bit meaner? And do you think to win things, you need to have a few see you next Tuesdays in your team? Um, I don't want to say yes, but I'm tempted mm. to. I think there's definitely an argument for it. I think there's a fine line between see you next Tuesdays. We're obviously doing your bleeps a favour, aren't we? Uh, there's yeah, there's yeah. a um, there's a fine line between sea bombs and horrifically competitive footballers who know how to win and want to win. And I think that yeah. is basically the line that you have to balance on to be successful. Yeah. You know, you can name every successful team that there's been there's always some players who are just, you know, yeah. to the opposition, they're wrong ones. To you, if they're your player, they're, they're the cult hero, if you will. They're the yeah. one that you completely align to because they get the club, they get what we're trying to do here. They mm -hmm. don't. They just know how to play on that line. And it's a real balancing act. And that's yeah. why Romero has zero fouls and no yellow cards yeah. this week. And next week <laughs> could have two red cards in a game because he's an absolute liability. I love that stat. I mean, 
your boys have one of sort of the originals for that in Billy Bremner. He's probably one of the most yeah. celebrated Iconic. football win at all costs hard bastards. Yep. And there's a reason why that was a successful lead side. It's because it had players like him and Peter Lorimer mm. and people who actually didn't care about hurting the opposition's feelings. They just wanted to go out there and beat them. And there's a reason why the term we use for a victory is you beat the opposition. You're not stroking them. You're not giving them a hug. You're affectionately them. tugging them. Yeah, exactly. You're affectionately tugging. We need to not say that anymore. No. <laughs> it's out there. Your now. words, Elliot. It's out there. No, I mean like mm-hmm. Roy Keane is kind of a quintessential example of that, isn't it? I mean, it's, it's hard to draw the line because like, any player that regularly scores against you and regularly beats you just becomes an arsehole, doesn't he? You just you hate successful teams. That whole Man United team. It's hard to know if we hated them because they kept on winning and scoring, or it was because they actually were nasty, horrible characters on the pitch. Same with a lot of that Arsene Wenger yeah. Arsenal team. I think of Romero screaming in a player's face. It takes me back to Martin Keown and Ruben Nistelrooy all those years ago. I hate to make that comparison, but it, it is a bit like that isn't it and then you think of Chelsea over the years how many horrible players have they had in their successful teams I'm sure there are exceptions but I don't know can you win anything with nice guys Elio not in this country I've spent Barcelona I've spent my yeah exactly um, yeah. I mean, Puyol wasn't exactly. Um, <laughs> yeah, he was like the, the same, last of that dying breed. Or, yeah. Mascherano was all sweetness. Oh, yeah, Daniel, good point. Daniel yeah. Alves never dived either. Um, <laughs> no. At, at the end of the day, I've spent my lifetime supporting Spurs, the soft team, the plucky underdogs, the, yeah. the unfortunate losers. And yeah. screw that. I want to win. Soft Spurs, <laughs> as, as Roy Keane and Gary Neville like to call us. Um, speaking of diving Brazilians, just a little segue from Danny Alves there. How did you rate Richarlison when he came on? Because I felt like he was exactly what we needed basically a bit more energy and actually getting stuck in good cameo did inject some energy did uh, improve our press immediately did show a bit mm. of ability at points as well this didn't exactly set the world alight but that's not what he yeah. needed to do what he needed to do was help keep our team in Chelsea's part of the pitch and that's what he did he um I guess the best thing I can say about Richarlison at the moment from what I'm seeing early glimpses is that He's going to give a lot of what Lamella gave us, but he's actually going to score a decent amount of goals as well. Yeah, and that's yeah, a good I, think, I, I was thinking the exact same thing, actually. I think uh, that, that's probably what we want to see, but hopefully he's got a bit more to his game. Does it concern you at all that Harry Kane and Son Heung-min appear to have forgotten how to play football at the beginning of the nah. season? I think they'll be back next week, hat-trick each. Listen, if it was lesser players, then I'd be thinking, yeah. well, why are we still playing these guys? It's mm. Kane and Son. Like, n- no qualms. Kulazewski didn't play particularly yeah. well either yesterday. No, no, uh, he didn't. At the end of the day... And we need to learn our lesson, don't we, from last season. We don't want to start slagging Son off and then... Well, maybe we should. Maybe <laughs> that's what spurred him on. Maybe we need to be a bit harder on Son. They're, they're, um, they're, it's Kane and Son. I mean, same for Lloris when he goes through his inevitable dip as well and lets in a couple of soft ones at his near post. Like... Mm. players that's when we sign Melier well quite <laughs> players are entitled to not be world class all the time yeah fair point anything else to discuss about that absolutely bonkers game before we look ahead to the Wolves match um I'm not quite sure why Antonio Conte got a red card and is now being charged by the FA for the crime of having his hand gripped by Thomas Tuchel yeah however it has brought to life one of your hot takes pre-season because it you has. did actually predict that Conte would get a touchline ban, which I assume he's now going to get 
Which I think we should appeal personally for exactly what you just said. I think Tuchel was the one who needs a slap on the wrist, but Conte was just slap on the wrist. I don't know slap what else he could face. have done. I, mean, I think I'd... they're both as bad as each other. Come oh, on. shut up! Dave. This, this, I mean, <laughs> yeah, for every Tuchel running down, we running, down the, running down the sidelines, oh. there's a Conte running in someone's face. I mean, at least I Tuchel mean, had, the, had, the, had, the, had the good graces to run straight past Conte, which I think there's a there's an Instagram thing which I'm sure we'll talk <laughs> about. Bring that up. But, but Conte, when you scored, was it your second goal or was it your first goal? I can't remember now. I think it was the first goal, wasn't it? Conte got right yeah, he in was... Tuchel's face. He wasn't. I mean, he was like, come on. What about that, Thomas? Yeah. You weird Mr. So, Burns guy. So, so two things. First of all, Darwin Nunez apparently has just been sent off for Liverpool, which is interesting. Not Liverpool just, but yeah. He headbutted having, he headbutted well, Anderson. He has been. And also, yeah, I couldn't believe this was real, but apparently it is. Apparently, um, Antonio Conte on his Instagram posted a picture of Tuchel running down the line celebrating and I haven't got it here but he basically said you're lucky I didn't see you you could use a good tripping up or something which is hilarious he said you'd have deserved to have been tripped over yeah you deserved that's it yeah, exactly, which is, is brilliant. I did not expect Conte to get involved in an uh, Instagram feud but uh, I, I love Conte it it just adds fuel to the fire Conte is a very competitive man I mean, he, I mean he is that character we were talking about that you need on the pitch, right? and it's all coming through through the players now, as a player as well, he was probably that kind of Roy Keane type, you know, just getting in people's faces, screaming. I don't people, remember right? him being as far as I remember. particular hard bastards as a player, but he was definitely tough. Um, yeah, he was a definitely, shout a lot. Yeah, he was definitely a dynamo. Yeah, exactly. So our next opponents are a team that I believe we played three times last season in Wolves and team that have quite recently played against Leeds, Dave. So I'm hoping you can give us a bit of an insight into what we can expect from Wolves and how you found them up close and personal because uh, you managed to get a win against them in the opening day, didn't you? You better believe it. <laughs> you know that's right. Uh, yeah, uh, yep. three points is what you will expect. Um, mm. That's what we got. I'm not sure they're 100% set on what they want to do at the moment, I think Large is trying to change them to be a bit more four at the back oriented, which is obviously where Curdy has gone and he's at Everton. Yeah. The the goal that they scored against Leeds was lucky. It was the mm. old hit into the ground job, uh, loops over Melier. They managed to draw nil nil at home against Fulham, which I believe yeah. is illegal. You can't do that. That's not that's not allowed. Um, I mean, you know, that. you could drop points at Fulham, but you can't draw nil-nil. But therein lies the problem. Mm. They haven't got a number nine. They're not scoring any goals. They're looking at signing a player for um, around about 30 million euros. Yeah. And he's not a number nine. They're not learning their lesson. They're just signing mm. players around the problem that is gaping in the middle of their front three. Yeah. Um, so unless they do something wild before then, I mean, there has been rumours of them signing um, Dembele from Lyon. But, you know, nothing yet. Unless they deal with that, then they'll have exactly the same problem that they had against us and the exactly the same problem they had against Fulham at home, which was they can't score any goals. So as long as you guys can score goals, you'll be laughing. Yeah, it's one thing scoring goals if you're Man City and you don't have a striker, but if you're Wolves, it might be a slightly different different matter. It's completely different. And they've got a real focus as well. And, I, and you know, the, yeah. the, you know Neto, which is Scandinavian for value, by the way, um, he had a, he had a, f- a few really decent turns, twists and turns against Leeds, and he's putting mm. into the box for nobody. You know, it's just, it's a real a real so, issue that they've got. Similar to Brighton, you know, they just I, I don't yeah. understand. Maybe I do understand. Maybe the problem is that there aren't many number nines out there, and you know, if, if you haven't got the money and the clout to get Haaland and Nunes headbutts pending, then uh, <laughs> uh, then you're really struggling. But the bottom line is, you know, yeah. 
we're moving on to Brighton now. But Brighton, you know, they've they've sold their only striker uh, <laughs> today. So you know, yeah. they've gone full power the other way. And and Wolves are Wolves yeah. are in a similar boat. They're just lacking that killer instinct up front. I don't doubt that their defense will be solid, but at the same time, I'm 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 confident mm. it, it can be taken apart by a good forward line. And you've got one. Yeah, when when Wolves pay Bryson, that's got nil nil written all over it. Oh, you never know. It might might, might confound us all, and it might be might, the greatest game in the history yeah. of uh, football. Six all yeah. thriller. So should I be dropping Pedro Neto for my FPL team? That's what I really want to know, Dave. What's your advice? <sighs> um, he's got a goal in him. I mean, put him on the put see him their on biggest threat. Put him on the bench. Put him on his first sub. <laughs> I think first sub makes sense. Would, would you say he's their main threat? Is he the one you'd you'd be well, most I mean, worried about? Well, he didn't score the playing? goal. Uh, the only goal that they've scored this no, season that was, was Podence, wasn't it? But um, yeah, but yeah, I would say that in terms of the the general threat level, I think he's definitely definitely the the, the guy that you need to be watching out for. He plays yeah. on the left hand side. So what's that? He's in between the right centre back and the right wing back. So what's that? Royal and Romero. Yeah. Yeah. I can't. I can't imagine him getting much change out of out of them, to be honest. But yeah. you never know. Um, His hair's not long enough. Yeah, I mean, tight, I don't so. think he's going to be the cause of the Romero sixteen match yeah. ban for the double for the double <laughs> stamp Pepe style, which is inevitably coming. Yeah. New hot take for the but, season. There. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, if you could even guarantee. Call it a hot take. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, like we said at the start, you know. Elio was punchy and went five ones. He's wrong, but you know Elio's always wrong about Spurs wow. stuff. Um, so my bet was that they, you would beat Wolves and you would beat them comfortably. So I would stick with that based on what I've seen. It's actually quite interesting to note that our first three fixtures of this season are all fixtures we lost the respective fixtures of last season, right? Could be so seven points ahead of schedule by the end yeah. of the weekend. That could be very, very nice. Elio, have you given much thoughts to Wolves or do you just think this is a team we should be comfortably um, as long as we don't drop the ball? I mean, Wolves have screwed us from time to time. I always remember the mm. game at Wembley, which even though we finished fourth that season and got to the Champions League final, it was it was the point at which things never quite felt in sync on the pitch under Pochettino. Again, Harry Kane put us ahead with a beautiful left foot curler from outside the area, but they absolutely pulverised us second half and won 3-1. And uh, there's obviously the game last season when we, well, turns out we didn't need to beat them in the end, but we thought we needed to beat them and they beat. Uh, So I just think Wolves are a side with a few good players that can hurt you. A lot of familiarity between those players as well, though there has been a bit of a changing of the guards with obviously Cody leaving as well now and various others, but they've still got Nevis, who's a very, very good player. They've still got players like Neto. You you don't want to count your chickens. However, we're at home Mm. against Wolves. You, You should see a Spurs win out of that, but... yeah. Are you taking a 1-0 straight win? Are you taking a 1-0 straight win, rebounded off Carrie Kane's arse into the corner? <laughs> I'm going to Or do you want to see us win I, I with a bit s- of conviction? Well, yeah, you know how long my drive is. I want to see goals, but <laughs> uh, I just want them to be from us, not them. Is Harry Kane your captain this week? Uh, he was not this week. I'll will see he what I'm going to do for next week. We'll see. On we'll Harry see. Kane, it's worth mentioning. I know he didn't exactly have a good game, but he did score the goal, which now ties him with Sergio Aguero in the all-time Premier League list. So mm. he's on 184, and he's only three off Andy Cole. And then I think he's got about 26 to catch Rooney. Think he's going to get there this season? <laughs> um, Would you bet against it? Possibly. <laughs> he's scored that many in a season before in the league, right? So who knows? Who knows? Um, Something needs to change. I think I think Harry Kane's gone from being 
a 30 goal a season striker or 25 to 30 goal a season in the league with a lot to his game but mainly impacting in the box to being Mm. a 20 to 25 goal a season striker or maybe even a 15 to 22 23 goal a season striker who contributes more to the overall match and uh, I don't know whether there's a better or a worse version of that not just assists but his link up plays better than it's ever been obviously as well he he's Mm. uh, I'd love to see Harry Kane turn back the clock to 16-17 I'm sure he's capable of it but uh, I think the fact that our goal threat isn't so reliant on him anymore might be a bit worse for his record but it might be better for us as a team I mean remember last week scored four goals he didn't get any of them we were delighted exactly and I actually think he wasn't that bad I think it's easy to think oh Harry Kane's had a terrible start of the season but I actually think he had a good game for what it's worth against Southampton he did not have a good game against Chelsea but as you say you can be excused for not being world-class every single week. So we'll move on. Just in terms of the actual team selection, I imagine for the most part it will be the same. But given that, unlike after the Southampton game, most players had a bit of a stinker, including Ryan Sessegnon, it must be said, what are you thinking going into this fixture? If you were picking the team, is this the time you put Perisic in from the start? Perisic are there any other changes you consider? Perisic I'd put in. Emerson actually had a pretty good game, so I'd leave him where he is for now. But Perisic mm. I would put in. Question as to whether you'd put Basuma in or not. It, yeah. it's, it's tempting to say so, but you don't want to send out the message that you just have one bad game and you dropped, considering we were singing yeah. Hoybjörn, Bentenko's praises the week before. But from a tactical perspective, a Wolf side who are generally good on the press... Basuma is a very press-resistant player, so there is part of me that would be would be pleased to see him in the lineup. But I, I think yeah. Perisic is the only one that I think should happen. Anything else, it's a case of how we train in the week, what tactics we have, etc., etc. I, I wouldn't change yeah. too much. So definitely the same back three and the same front three. It's the middle four that mm. might be up for debate. Dave, did you get much of a glimpse of Perisic? Because I know he's a player you've probably got an eye on. You've predicted big things for him this season and you think he could be our sign in the season. I think he looked pretty good when he came on. Obviously, he set up the goal. He took the corner. Didn't he, correct me if I'm wrong, did he not take two corners back to back from both sides with different feet? Yeah. Because that's madness. And also, we noticed Son took a free kick with his left earlier in the game, which I don't think I've ever seen him do before. It was terrible. Um, (laughs) It was terrible. But the point is, like, is is this a sort of Giovanni Vio intervention saying you're two-footed, you need to start taking free kicks and corners with both feet? Because it seems like too much of a coincidence not to be. Well, you know how I feel about about that. Yeah, we we did talk about this. In fairness, he was one for one in this game. We conceded one set piece, we scored one set piece. So, you know, we'll, we'll take it, I guess. <laughs> Net zero. Um, that's, what you, that's what you're aiming for. Zero, that's a success, yeah. is it? Um, in terms of Perisic, I'm going to sound like a broken record here, but the only real involvement I actually saw him was when he, I don't think he was on the pitch yet, when you equalised, the first mm. equaliser with Hoybier, and it all kicks off. And I noticed Perisic, and I noticed mm. him make a beeline for a couple of the players who were being a bit hot under the collar. And he was like, yeah. proper, like slapping them, saying, "You need Pressing. to, you need to sort out. You need to calm oh, down. You need it. to focus." Yeah. And I think that doubles down on what yeah. we've said previously here, in the sense that he's not just brought mm. to be a good player in a position that needs a good player. He's brought to be that mm. kind of older head in the dressing room to actually, you know, put them on the straight yeah. and narrow when needed. Because that's certainly what he did at that point. I mean, it didn't necessarily help because you conceded another goal, but you know. 
yeah ultimately that's yeah. that's that's a big reason why my content picked him up from inter i'd love to see what he's like i mean i know we're not doing another amazon documentary anytime soon but i would love to see what someone like perisic is like when he comes into comes in with like dead rabbits over his shoulders <laughs> <laughs> he's killed with his bare hands yeah but that's the thing you don't want to go in and start being like right i'm the the big time player who's won all these trophies i'm going to start telling you guys what to do but i'd be really interested to see the dynamic and to see you know like right and Sessegnon has come out and said that he's been told in no uncertain terms Perisic is here to mentor you and, and obviously play for Spurs but he's actually he's learning a lot from him and he said he's, he's been learning things from him already and obviously has no shame in that but yeah I'm always interested to see what the dynamic is and who the, the leaders are off the pitch that you don't actually see mm. so yeah in fairness he, he was up against Reese James and Azpilicueta wasn't he so you're not going to get much tougher tests than that on the left flank but Elio you like what you saw from the, the cameo from Perisic I did I mean it's in terms of what he did in open play there wasn't too much no. to go on he got the ball on the left once he didn't beat Reese James lots of people will get on the ball on the left and not beat Reese James um mm. the fact that he took three corners and two of them led to on target headers one of which was the goal is uh very very pleasing the corner with his right foot was actually the worst of the three um so I think yeah. there's a lot to look forward to with him but we already knew this he, he's not a player I'm worried about in the slightest yeah. with regards to the impact he's going to make. And yesterday was just the beginning. I, I look forward to seeing him unleashed from the start. Fantastic. Well, before I hand the reins back over to you, Elio, to do another challenge, Elio, a quick reminder to everyone listening to please follow us on Twitter at Plus Dave Podcast. And if you get a chance, just follow all of us individually as well. I'm at Plus Dave Dags. We have Dave at Fantasy Dave and Elio at Elio underscore P underscore THFC uh, and get in touch and just let us know what you thought about that game. I'm sure we have all kinds of thoughts and opinions on that absolutely mental 96 minutes. So we'd love to hear anything you have to say about it. And of course, anything on the Wolves game and the season as a whole, get in touch with us and let us know what your thoughts are. And yeah, we might read out some of your tweets, some of your messages and loads of fun like that. So on to Challenge Elio. If you happen to be listening to your first ever Plus Dave podcast, this is our trivia round. And in the past, I have done it, but Elio got too frustrated with my consistent errors and with winning every week. And he's decided to snatch it off me. And for the rest of this season, he will be asking Dave and I and whoever else joins a series of questions about Spurs and beyond. So Elio, take it away. Yeah, very much enjoying doing this. It's nice to have good, accurate questions with answers that can be defended on this season. Um, We're going to have this every week, aren't we? We are going to have this every week. Uh, (laughs) And uh, it was indeed boring, always winning against a collection of Spurs fans and a Leeds fan called Dave. So I like what you did there. Pitting the Leeds fan against the Spurs fan today. I still have faith in the Leeds fan to come out on top. You guys tied last week, so we are still net zero, as uh, Dave mentioned a moment ago. Um, Three fairly quick questions today. The first one related to the game we've just had we have just played Chelsea we have just had a fiery encounter against Chelsea it ended 2-2 you can probably guess where I'm going with this in 15-16 we were chasing Leicester to try and win the title and Chelsea who uh, finished eighth that season decided to show up that day and play out a two-all they did yeah I know and play out a two-all yeah. draw with us. Um, that game was remarkable for a few great goals, the fact that our title bid was completely ended, and some fiery tempers. Uh, mm. It led to quite a few bookings, but I would love you two to 
tell me who actually got booked on that day and to help you with this because Dave doesn't support Spurs so therefore why should he remember what our lineup was that day I am going to share on screen the lineups from that match oh this you're already so much better than me at this you're actually putting things on the screen which, so, which is I just want to say Dave of podcasting for whatever it's worth I think it's safe to say Dave was supporting Spurs that day <laughs> I'm sure it was I'm, and just for you the know listeners, what I'm not going to lie to you there this is. isn't registering on my memory bank at all. I mean, it was a really I've important one. day for you, but for me, I think it was Tuesday. Well, <laughs> well, the Battle of the Bridge, Dave. The lineups in the Battle of the Bridge were Begovic, Ivanovic, Cahill, Terry, Aspilicueta, Mikel, Matic, William, Fabregas, Pedro, and Diego Costa. For Spurs, it was Lloris, Walker, Alderweireld, Vertonghen, Rose, Dyer, Dembele, Lamella, Eriksson, Son, and Kane. Um, those were the starting lineups. And uh, what a team, by the way. There were a grand total of 11 bookings that day. So half of a complement of players uh, wow. got booked in that game. So let's go one by one. Dave, you can go first. Is this like battleships? Like if we miss, we're, we're done, or is it penalty shootout? Or... No, no, we're going to go until we have all the bookings. That's why I've put the players on screen for you. Um, go on, Dave. I mean, John Terry. Oh, nope. No, John Terry. He did a repair, did he? The Occam's razor, in my answer, surely, surely, Eric Lamella. And that is an early lead for Dagus. (laughs) Diego Costa. Yeah, that's very much Occam's razor. That is 0 for 2, Dave. Well, this is what I was saying about him earlier. He he knows where the line is. He gets away with it. Um, Let's have a look at these horrible players uh surely it's everybody else <laughs> there's 11 bookings and i've said i'm not for yeah. two all right i'm gonna go for azpilicueta nope no azpilicueta oh. go on dave um i'm gonna go for a center back that was retired a couple of years ago by rafinha gary cahill gary cahill was not booked this is amazing yeah, this was, is incredible that was almost that was almost Elio-esque, the way you built up to your answer. Well, you know, I'm t- <laughs> I learned from the past, right? Apart from the fact that I got it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go for Son. Son Hyun-min was not booked. How are we doing this? How are you two managing this? <laughs> like, if I was trying to get them wrong, I wouldn't do this. Go on, Dave. Um, Ivanovic. Oh, good guess. Ivanovic was booked. Come back, Son. <laughs> Fabregas. Fabregas was not booked. Ah. Matic. Nope. Oh, okay. I would have guessed him if I'd seen him. Oh, surely, surely Mikel. John Obi saw yellow that day. I bet that was a, a, a Reese James yellow. I bet that was a Reese James yellow on the break. He just rugby tackled someone down and took the <laughs> hit. I don't remember it in that much detail. I'm surprised, Elio. By the way, there are stubs who came on. Are any of these included or? I think we're a bit early for clues. Okay. I might take the points away from you. We haven't read out the subs for the purposes of our listeners. But... Uh, I'm going to go Eric Dyer. Eric Dyer was indeed booked. Wow. To all, but Dave has had one more shot. Oh, speaking of the uh, casual stopping of a counter-attack rugby tackle on the halfway line, Moussa Dembele. Moussa Dembele was in fact booked. <laughs> okay. It would help if I actually read through these all again because I keep on spotting um, players. I don't remember have you we saying. Said Carl Walker. I can't remember who said now. No, we haven't. We haven't said Walker. Is that your answer? Yeah. Three all equaliser. 
I'm going to pop over to the other side of the wing and go with Elio's favourite left wing back, Danny Rose. Correct. Yes. You guys What's have figured score? out how to do this. It is 4-3-2. <laughs> yeah. Name the rest of the Name all the ones that are wrong and all that's left is the right answers. Dave, <laughs> uh, uh Ben Davies. No. Oh, we're going oh, with subs yes. now, are we? Well, I mean, I'm looking at the screen and Ben Davies came on to the sub and got a, got a five. So he must have done something <laughs> bad, which is the worst. <laughs> he was the worst player. Okay, I'm going to go with Mason then if we're playing that game. Correct. Well yes. done. <sighs> I mean, this is pure guesswork at this point. I don't know why I'm celebrating. Hazard, like, did he get a yellow card for taking his shirt off, scoring a goal? No, he did not. Ooh. It was a good goal he scored, I'm loath to admit. Okay, I'm officially at the point now where it's more a case of trying to remember who we haven't said. I think we've said all the Chelsea outfield players. Uh, oh, Eric Dyer. I said him. You've said, Dave said that. Oh, did you? Oh, sorry. Do I lose my go for that? I should, really, shouldn't I? I think Do I get another should. go? No, that was. <laughs> okay, go on, Dave. Yeah, go. We don't for the record, I'd have let you have another go if I was in charge. I wouldn't have needed it. <laughs> Boom. Wow. Um, Alderweireld. Yeah. No, Alderweireld oh. very rarely got booked and he was not on this day. Oh my God. But Vertonghen, on the other hand, surely he got booked. Absolutely not. No, I don't know why I said that. He was pretty classy. Who have we not said? We haven't said any goalkeepers. I think it's time, Dave. Um, what have we got? I'll give you some clues. You can start looking at attackers on both sides. Harry Kane. Ah. Correct. Harry Kane Pedro. went in the book. Dirty Pedro did bastard. not go in the book. He did not. Is Dave making a comeback here? What's the score? You're one ahead of him. Oh, no. I thought I had more than that. Okay, my favourite member of the Black Eyed Peas, Will I Am. <laughs> Will... William did get a booking that day. Oh, oh! It's all down to the final penalty. It's sudden death. How many players left? Was the up final? There? Was the final? <laughs> That's what I'm trying player, to work out. Was the final player? Spurs I mean, there's Chelsea. both goalkeepers, but I don't know if I've got the balls to shoot for a goalkeeper. Um, okay, so I think it has to be. I'm going to go with Begovic. No, <sighs> I've lost it. No, it depends. Can Dave remember who's been said already or not? No. I cannot. Hang on, you've just, you've just come <laughs> oh, off the list, Elliot, and I'm going to need it. it. I'm reading about Sergio Aguero. <laughs> I genuinely don't remember who... I've not been writing these down, as will come as no surprise. No. Oh, hang on. It's Dave's go. I know, but I'm wondering if we've said one of these... I think there's one we've not said, and I don't know why we've not said him. I mean, obviously, there's one we've not said. <laughs> you really are <laughs> staying in the office right now. There's one, there's one left, and there's one we've not said. Sorry. Okay. The role of Dags will be played by Michael Owen today. Go on, Dave. Dags has just set you up for a tap-in, so... Who scores tap-ins, Dave? Hugo Lloris scores tap-ins. <laughs> Is that your final answer? Sure. It was not Hugo Lloris. I'm so glad you, you said that, because either my memory is worse than I thought it is, or we have not said... Gary Cahill? Oh, I said Cahill. You ah! did say Cahill. Sorry, Dad. This is, this is why pen and paper is a really good invention. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm using a pen and paper for my purposes, so... And I don't even have to answer. I never used so. to. We saw how that turned out. So, Dave, who is the most unlikely player on either side to get a oh, Well, I would have said Son. Clue. But I guess the uh, you... other answer would be... Uh, I can't remember if we said him or not. Just say it, Dave. Put me out of my misery. No. It was Christian no. Eriksen, the man from Middlefast. I was about to say him, Dave. I was about to say him. That is a 6-5 victory for Dave. 
Vagus, I will give you... Who books Ericsson? That's how heated the Battle of the Bridge was. Even wow. Christian Ericsson got a booking. I will give you a chance for some moral redemption, Dagus, though. You won't get any points for this. However, Moussa right. Dembele famously tried to gouge a Chelsea official's eyes out. Uh, well, actually, Diego Costa's <laughs> eyes out in um, the melee that ensued uh, at the end of the match. Yeah. He was suspended retrospectively. How many games was he suspended for? Mm. My mind is telling me six games. Yep, he was suspended for six games. So good knowledge. I would that Enough was semi guess. I'm well it, it popped into my head. That that was that was more impressive than any of my rubbish. Might be answers, the greatest so. thing you've ever done, Dags. That was a bit like you know Harry Kane's winning goal against Chelsea at the weekend. <laughs> Didn't really count. Well, there we go. Quite. So that was the first well, hey, question. I hope um, everybody listening enjoyed that. Now I'm just going to shoot a series of true or falses at each of you related oh. to the game we've got coming up. And uh, it's going to be an odd number, so there'll be a definitive winner. I'm not going to go through every player, but several players have played for both Spurs and Wolves. And let's see if you can remember a few of these players or not. I'm going to start with you, Dagus, because you did lose just now. Um, so Thanks for reminding me. You're welcome, loser. Uh, so... Uh, <laughs> I feel like this is still weighted towards me because of the uh, the ill feeling towards you, in, interspurs ill feeling. I just want to say, and I, and I mean this as a true compliment, Eddie, if you were a footballer and a good footballer and in the Spurs team, you would be our Romero. You would, would be, be the shit house who screams in people's faces when they've scored a Let me take you back to the Royal Holloway Invitational Five aside to clarify that Elio is a great footballer. I'll allow this segue. He is a great is that, footballer. Is that what he is a great footballer. Captain Fantastic. Mm, Captain okay. Fantastic. Team was named after me. In fact, um, I had no idea this was happening. But I don't think you've watched enough of Elio. I think you've watched his highlights reel on YouTube. So <laughs> I need to see. I'm not a good footballer, but I am okay. the world's greatest so. punter, and I will take that. So, true <laughs> or false? True. Did this player play for Spurs and Wolves or not? False. John Scales. Is it shouting out? No, it's no, no, no Daggis. Oh, it's me. Was uh, with false. False. Are you sure about that? You genuinely well, believe John Scales <laughs> did not play for both Spurs and Wolves? I'm sticking with false. You're trying to play mind games. That is correct. You yeah, have see? the points. I know you better than I know Spurs. Dave, true or false? Robbie Keane played for both Spurs and Wolves. Correct. True. His was way easier. I thought you'd be Sc- nice by giving me the John first one. John Scales was an England international. You should know these things, Dagus. Yeah, but he played for Wimbledon. Dagus. True or false, Maurizio Tarico played for both Spurs and Wolves. I don't remember it, but I'm going to say true. No, false. Oof. I would have gone for true, Dave, my to be fair. Thanks, Dave. Tarico does, Thanks it, for the solidarity. does feel like the kind of player that Wolves would have signed in the, in the kind of Paul Ince era. Dave. Yeah, I feel that. True or false, Tom Huddleston played for both Spurs and Wolves. I can imagine true. that. It was true. We loaned him out shortly after signing him. Oh, I, From, you know why I can imagine it? It's because I'm imagining him in a hole. Was he, did he play for Hull? He did play for Hull. Yeah, I'm, I'm seeing the orange and that's why my mind went there. So, and Derby. Yeah. Daggett, true or false? Andy Sinton played for oh. both Spurs and Wolves. Andy Sinton? Well, I have absolutely no idea. Sheffield Wednesday's finest. Once again, England's international. But I feel like he's too that. obscure a player. He strikes he played, me as too he, obscure he a player for, to have been included uh, he played, had he not played for both. Graham Taylor's England, didn't he? I'm going with true on that one. That is correct. Andy Sinton did play for both 
Spurs and Wolves. So, well done. Thanks. Dave, Casey Keller played for both Spurs and Wolves. True or false? Casey Keller played for Spurs? <laughs> <laughs> Good start. Define played. Uh, false. That is correct. Casey Keller did not play for Wolves. You're going to have to remind me, Dave. I asked you about Tom Huddleston, didn't I? Yep. Yeah, he did. I confused you by trying short. to answer. I, I, got, I yeah. got Huggy Bear correct. Huggy Bear. Cool. So. A purveyor of the Thunder Bastard, it may be said. Big time. Daggis. Dean Richards played for both Spurs and Wolverhampton Wanderers. True or false? This one feels true. So I'm going to trust my instinct and say true. Ooh, trusting your instinct. How's that working out? Well, he's, he's a, a, a Wolves legend. <laughs> he is a yeah. Wolves legend. The late, sadly, Dean Richards did play mm. for both Spurs and Wolves. That is a point for you. So how many have asked so far? One, two, three, four, five, six. I've asked seven questions and you are currently level. So We're doing well. You are doing very well. So, Dave, Wayne Routledge played for both Spurs and Wolves. True or false? Had a lot of clubs, did Wayne? I feel like we may as well be in a casino by a roulette table right now. I'm going to go false. Absolutely false. Wayne Routledge nice. never played for Wolves. He played for many, many other clubs, but <laughs> yeah. he doesn't count Wolves. Did Nicholas and Elka play for Spurs and Wolves? <laughs> Potentially. <laughs> Daggis. Nicholas and Dean Elka. Dean Austin. <laughs> <laughs> Dean Austin played for Spurs and Wolverhampton Wanderers. True or false? Well, what I can tell you is that I couldn't name a single other club that Dean Austin played for. Could you point Dean so, Austin out in a lineup? I think I could. I think I never could. trust a man with um, two first names. <laughs> I'm going to say true. It is false. Ah, this game is rigged. We are nine questions in. Dave Stefan Everson played for both Spurs and Wolves. No true or false? He did. True. That sounded like you actually knew that one, Dave. <laughs> That's a good poker Am I right? Yes, yes, yes you are right. <laughs> you ruined it with the am I right, but I, I, I was buying into you there. Daggis, another Spurs Scandinavian, Alan Nielsen, scorer of our great 99 Cup final goal. Mm-hmm. He played for Spurs and Wolves, true or false? I mean, that sounds like nonsense to me, but can I ask, if I get this wrong, have I lost? I'll tell you afterwards. <laughs> I'm just going to go through all... <laughs> then I'm going to just go ahead and say false, please. Final answer, oh, Chris. I guess it is unfortunately true. Oh, and is that that? That might be that. Let me have a quick look. I've got other players, but it's a case of whether you can come back or not. <laughs> My mathematically relegated. So we've had 11 questions and Dave has a fairly comfortable lead. Actually, it's, it's not that comfortable. It's only 5-3. Um, yeah, but I can't lose. You've got two yeah. questions left, right? I and I don't get minus left. points. No. You know what? Dave's won this. Let's not <laughs> okay. You know what? I'm okay with that. I, I would say in all honesty, the only one I was confident on there was Robbie Keane and it was the only one I could get. So I, yeah, I'm not going to... Complain about that one? Just move on. Um, is it Who Am I time? It is Who Am I time. So, once <laughs> again, rubber. for those of you listening for the first time this season, Who Am I is a game where Daggis usually researches a player that we have to ask questions about. That's a lie. Often he makes up these facts and uh, trusts various inaccurate contributions to the Tinterweb. I, however, <laughs> will do no such thing. So, Who Am I? 
before you start, I think it's worth saying, I don't think I've ever won this game. This is like <laughs> me going to Stamford Bridge as Spurs. I think this is only your fourth attempt at it, in fairness. That's so. still pretty bad. <laughs> Especially as I'm often in a team as well. This player play. is six, well, was six foot one. What do you mean was? So you're saying ex-player. Two then. clues there. It's an ex-Spurs player. Oh. Hang on, He's not was. passed on <laughs> dead. from this mortal realm. He's not dead. Okay. He, he might have people shrink as they get older. Okay. Sorry, was it six foot one? Six foot one. Do either of you want to shout an answer out? Gareth Bale. It is not Gareth Bale. Jason Dazelle. <laughs> you don't get... This player has four international caps. Four. Okay, I am going to write down notes for this one, so bear with me. So six foot one and four international caps. Mm-hmm. Ian Walker. That's not bad. No! <laughs> no! That... <laughs> All right, I retire. I retire. That was Ian Walker. Unbelievable, Jack. That's outrageous. That, that is, is that is unacceptable. That is up there. Well, that has equaled my Michael Dawson. Um... <laughs> that is six foot. That's not even. I would. That's not even a normal goalie height. That's short for a goalie. Yeah, he was a short guy. I mean, this was guy. the nineties. <laughs> little guy, little guy Ian Walker. You know. <laughs> I, I mean, I can't be upset because as if I was ever going to do anything against that, but that's outrageous, That is Dave. sensational. I'd be steal four caps, eh? The minute you said it, I was like, I think that's, that could be right. That made sense. Well, I'm going to get... Not any credit. Just because I put a lot of effort into this, I'm going to give you the rest <laughs> yeah, of the Sorry, you know sorry, Elliot. When you did this to me now. <laughs> sorry, everyone. I've ruined that segment. <laughs> you, you've just made Elio wait about a good 20 minutes, probably, from experience. Nah, three minutes in Wikipedia. Okay, right. um, There's only one Wikipedia page. So is, is one of the clues he once laughed after letting a ball bobble over him? It is him. not. It is okay. not. But I am going to build up from least to most ridiculous clues. He also played for <laughs> Leicester, pilot. Leicester, Bolton. He is not a helicopter pilot. Oxford <laughs> on loan and Ipswich on loan. He played 259 games for us in the league. Mm -hmm. He is a League Cup winner. He made his debut in 1991. He was a goalkeeper. His dad was a goalkeeper for Everton. He's English, mm -hmm. as you know. He coached in China. He married a page three model. And that, that he, would have been a good clue, I think. His house has featured on MTV Cribs. Nice. So Ian Walker, everybody. Page three model marrying, slowly balding, coached in China, poor yeah. goalkeeper. Ian Walker. Okay, I've just Googled Ian Walker 2022. How does he look? I reckon bad. I mean, bearing in mind, he used to be a bit of a heartthrob, didn't he? Yeah, I'm picturing like Mickey Rourke. Yeah, he had a bit of a handsome thing going on, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, he does not have a, a handsome thing going on anymore. <laughs> have you seen Hanson recently? He looks like, he looks like an extra from League of Gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> that is not a good thing. <laughs> is he still married, oh, to, married to a page three model? <laughs> Page 33. <laughs> <laughs> Mo Molan. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> oh, anyway, Ian. Hey, love you, Ian. I hope you're listening. <laughs> Always a pleasure. If you oh, want to come on for a special... Not, I hope you're not listening. If you want to come on for a special appearance, we'd, we'd welcome you on. I hope no Spurs players or ex-Spurs players ever listen to this podcast. I feel like we might be sued or at least scorned. Um, <laughs> scorned, anyway, maybe, but... I feel like um, Ian Walker is, even though obviously Torsford was the goalie when I was very young, he's kind of the first Spurs keeper I really remember from when I started taking an interest. And I always feel like he had a mistake in him, but generally was pretty good. What are your memories of Walker? 
Exactly what you said. He was a talented yeah. goalkeeper, good shot stopper, but didn't concentrate, didn't take his craft seriously enough and conceded a lot of very silly goals, which is why we managed to upgrade on him with Neil Sullivan, who was a very mediocre keeper himself. So, yeah. um, though Dave might disagree, having had the pleasure of Neil once upon a time. So, yeah, I think that's a good recollection of Walker. Sullivan was the keeper that was in goal when Yeboas got his hat-trick against Wimbledon, I think. So my lasting, even though he did play for Leeds, my lasting memory of him is just sitting on the turf, on his knees, just going, what am I supposed to do with that? You know what? I know how he feels. That was exactly what has happened to me in Who Am I? That was like Tony Yeboah just smashing just, in just, off the crossbar. I've just, just hat-trick thunderbastard you. You, <laughs> you have hat-trick volley thunderbastard it off I the mean, crossbar. That was that was a perfect hat-trick. That was just insane. Well done, You can't Dave fault Jason. defending in that one. I, I couldn't have done anything. You can't he, fault me he, for he that. He insists he doesn't support Spurs. Mm. Maybe when I'm when run about a few glasses of wine, I do. <laughs> turning into so the sensible Dave supports Leeds. <laughs> Imagine that. Is that a nice Italian red? Is that a Barolo? Montalpucciano? <laughs> nice, nice, or a nice nice Chianti? No, obviously. Uh, or to Bielsa, it's, a, it's a, a beautiful Chilean. He's Argentinian, but he did manage Chile. He did manage Chile. Very good. And on that note, right, guys, I think we have rambled on probably more than enough for one episode. What do you think? Do we have any closing thoughts on the Chelsea game or Spurs at the moment, the future, the next game? Where's your mind at now, Elio? F*** Chelsea. Yeah. Seconded? Well, I'm keeping my fingers crossed that Tuchel's got a touchline ban that starts before we play them on Sunday. So, Well, the decision will be on the 18th, I believe, so there's every chance. The 18th. Well, that's three days, people. Three days. Let's see how that goes. And of course, the next time you hear from us, we will be looking back at the Wolves game and looking back at Leeds Chelsea as well. So uh, you got all that to look forward to in just about a week's time. We hope you have enjoyed sitting through and putting up with our inane ramblings and hopefully some interesting insightful content about Spurs. And I hope you enjoyed it nearly as much as we enjoyed Harry Kane's last minute equalizer i got it right that time until then guys you stay classy spurs fans and we will see you next week He's Lucas Moura. Oh, they've done it.